And here we are, episode 31 of the Questions Podcast, where we get your, what did we say, spiritual minty freshness? And cold-blooded love. Yes, definitely. Nice. And here we are. Well? Well? It's kind of a... You know, yesterday was the first day that felt like fallish around here. I mean, it's Southern California fall, but it was still... There was like a cool breeze in the afternoon. It's beautiful. Yeah, my wife wants to... uh, She doesn't need to turn on the air conditioning and turn on the fire. Yeah, well, she wanted to turn on the air conditioning and put on our sweaters and put on the fire so we could pretend it was fall. Yes. But I didn't want to have to draw money out of my retirement to pay the... uh, The electric bill. Gosh. Did you you had a couple big bills? I haven't even looked. I have it just on auto pay right now. I don't even want to look. It just hurts. It pains me to look. That is, I'm gonna pay it regardless. So it's I, like you just you just do it. But the money's just gone. Yeah, pretty much. It's like yeah. raptured right out of my account. But the other side of it is suffer. Either or, man. I'm not good at suffering. The money gets raptured, and I suffer tribulation. There you go. Well, we'll probably be talking about some I suffering think, and tribulation there you today go. too. It's, on, it's in the questions podcast. Yeah, but yeah, so. that's that's kind of how I feel about SDG and E. I think yeah. SDG and E they're they're related to the devil. Think so? Well, have you seen that image? Because they're a Sempra energy company. You ever seen oh. their little image with their red sword? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's got to be something. Well, you ever notice our water company here? Escondido Rincon Water? Del Diablo. Del Diablo. That's who I have. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the, the water the company. That, yeah, Ring of the Devil. The Way of the Devil. Is that what it is? Rincon? Is uh, that what Rincon's? They're, they're off of uh, the Way of the Devil road down there. Wow. We cast yeah. those guys out. What mm, do you think? Mm, yeah. Something. Wow. I'll start fasting and praying against them. My water bill. Yeah. Let's not go there. Utilities. Yeah. Utilities. Well, you got a pool, huh? I do. do. Do you have to put a lot of water in pools? During the summertime? Yeah, man. That thing evaporates like crazy. You know, the thing I think is crazy about pools is I know some people have pools and they're ducks yeah, flying they come, to them. I, I had some ducks coming hanging in my pool. Do the ducks, they make my dogs, dogs go crazy. Do the ducks poop in your pool? No, I shoo them away. Oh, okay. I almost caught one with my pool net. You know what? The season's coming up. You could chew them away with a shotgun if you wanted to. <laughs> Not in my yard. You don't <laughs> Too think many so? close neighbors. Yeah. Well, you know, they, yeah. they get the idea anyway, the right? The neighbors wouldn't be too happy. The golfers at the end of the property might not too be too happy oh. either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want you go. to go out and shoot all the golfers. Right. Right, laddie. Yeah. If I shoot all the golfers, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key, eh? What what is this from? Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. Yeah, Bill Murray. That was a great, great, great character. There for was him. Canadians in Caddyshack too. Carl, Carl. You just you just did the the Canadian. Well, voice. he said a, a, but he wasn't Canadian. A, a. different a. a. Okay. Wow. Is he from Detroit? We were missing some of our favorite Canadians last week at the church. Yeah, they're Mike they're and on Sandy. Vacation. Yeah, I mm. think they're back now though. That's good. We need our Canadians. Absolutely. That frozen, uninhabited land of the north. Our neighbors. They keep us honest because Canadians are honest. That's it. Back bacon, eh? Eh. Beauty. Can- Canadian bacon. Beauty. Yeah. Maple syrup. Canadian Ooh. bacon. Molson's, eh? Sorry. You? <laughs> I can't do it that well. There was the gal. That's kind of a headline. She won the, um, is it the U.S. Open against Serena Williams? Yes, yes. I saw that. And see, she apologized. She for, apologized for winning. She apologized to the crowd. I know yeah. you wanted Serena to win. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So sorry. I'm sorry. She goes, it's, it, it's such a Canadian sorry. thing to do. We apologize. Sorry. Not sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, and, uh, so you and I both stumbled upon the same news story. Yeah. Out of the state of California. A new bill signed into law. 
by the good governor, Mr. Newsom. Gavin Newsom? Yeah. I don't know if that's the right adjective to put in front of his name. But I'm trying to be positive. You are so positive. I'm praying that dude gets saved. He does need to be saved. Absolutely. Yeah, a new law signed by Gavin Newsom bans schools from suspending disruptive kids. Did you read this whole article? I did. I actually went back to the author of it, uh, Skinner. Okay. And Okay, I'm reading a different article then, I think. Okay. Mine nope. came out of Sacramento Bee. Well, I read that article too. Oh, okay. But the one who initiated this thing was this representative. Ah, Nancy Skinner. Skinner. Yes. And she said it's because there's racial inequality in how many students and their racial background who get suspended. And so I'm just applying common sense to the situation. Well, I liked her other quote. This is another quote. What was her other quote? Senator Nancy Skinner, Democrat of Berkeley, who wrote the new law. She said it would keep kids in school where they belong and where teachers and counselors can help them thrive. So disruptive kids, the best thing for them is just to keep them in school because that's going to help them thrive. Yeah, what about all the other kids? This is another one I thought was funny. This may be one of the best ways to disrupt the school-to-prison pipeline, Skinner said. So apparently there's a pipeline that just shuffles them right from school-to-prison. Yeah, wow. America's most wanted. just gets sucked right in there, yeah. Well, one of the things that she was touting is that there's racial inequality in the kids that are suspended. Yeah, I saw that. And so she's basically saying, in, in a nutshell, that the teachers... Because these are the teachers that and administrators. They're that are, the ones who are yes, suspending them. That they're basically racially biased. It and must they be. are suspending these kids on racial reasons. And so employees of the state of California, they're, that's their boss. They are exercising racial inequality. And I, the first thing I thought is you've pretty much, if, if this was true, if that was the motivation for it, I mean, gosh, let the lawsuits begin, right? Well, another civil rights activist, she praised SB 419. This is, quote, I strongly believe that SB 419 will bring justice to California youth. I I think justice would be suspending an unruly child. Wouldn't that be justice? Where I came from, that's what it is. Justice. So I am thinking about... You know, once upon a time, didn't didn't justice from schools involve the paddle? It did. Yeah. I bet things were... Maybe we should go back to that. I'd vote for that. You think I think that would shut down the pipeline between the schools and prisons better than not suspending unruly children. I believe it Listen, says... Listen, if my kid's unruly, uh, suspend him. Yeah, or spank I'll him. I'll make sure. No, I'll, sh- I'll make sure he gets that. Yeah. Right. The rod of correction draws a man far away from iniquity. Yeah, there's foolishness bound up in the heart of a child. Yeah. So it's... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. I'm not seeing the logic here. Mm-hmm. So I am thinking about writing the good governor in... I think that's Representative a great Skinner, idea. a little letter... And thanking them. Yes. Because I feel They're like... They're going to prefer breaking the pipeline between prison, school and prisons. Well, absolutely. And I think, yeah. you know, if a member of our youth group, you know, decided they didn't like what was being taught in the room, maybe it was anti-Jesus or anti... They can speak up. They can speak up without Can't fear of being um, suspended, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that that's... There's some inequality there. So yeah, get up and talk about it. So they called it... What was it? Um willful disobedience Mm, yeah it sounds like the name of a movement seems like you have kids who have not been disciplined very well at home for a number of various reasons the breakdown of society the breakdown of the home the breakdown of the family so they haven't been disciplined at home then they come to school and now they're not allowed to be disciplined because it's against the law we're just setting them up for not a good situation yeah failure 
So I think it's going to increase the pipeline to prison. But that's me. Right. I got another article for you. Can I make one comment on Newsom? Sure. I don't like his hair. He's got he's got pretty good hair. No, it's evil hair. I it's don't going like his gray, hair though. I don't like his hair. I don't know. It's it's yeah. I, I think like I think uh, in another four years, Newsom will probably be trying to run for president. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I I, I don't like his hair. Okay. His hair kind of looks similar to yours. No, no, no. I got great hair. I got Tom Cruise hair. Mm, he's kind of... I'm looking at the picture right here. And uh, it's, it's, it's... He's trying to copy hair. my hair. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's, it's, he's a tiny bit younger than you. I don't like... Is he really? Yeah. He looks older to me. No, he's younger than you. Maybe I just have a younger image of myself. I identify as being 45 instead of 55, maybe. Just like that guy out of the Netherlands. Did you hear about this? No. A few months back. Oh, he was... He, he was in his 60s, and he was going to identify... He wanted the law to say it was okay for him to identify in his 40s because it was going to do better for his dating life. Yeah, because the ladies are not going to know that he's 40. And not, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... He was a pretty hip 60-year-old. Well, Anyways, that's, that's how you want to start out a relationship with a complete lie. Yeah, well, that wow. that's never happened before. Wow. Well, I guess you say when you can fake sincerity, you got it made. Another article, Newsline. All right. I'm, I can't, I'm in suspense. If you've got an older dog that's acting a little unusual and you think it's just old age, think again. Getting stuck behind furniture, not sleeping at night, or becoming increasingly anxious can all be signs of doggy dementia. Oh, wow. By the time your po- your pooch your reaches, poop. <laughs> well, okay. By the time your pooch reaches yeah. age fourteen, if you're 14, pooping behind the couch, I want to know about it. Right? She or he is forty percent more likely to develop canine cognitive dysfunction (CCD). Can people get that? They probably get it from their dogs. Wow. Canine dysfunction. Scientists began to recognize the condition of dogs in this two decades ago. They've amassed a large body of research, no doubt at the taxpayer's expense. Wasn't there one on cats we talked about a long time ago, too? Did we? Yeah. I don't remember that one. What episode are we on, anyway? 31. Oh, good. I thought I was having canine dysfunction ah, for there a you go. Yeah, there you well, go. you know what you might need? Here's another article. Using young blood to battle Alzheimer's could be an exciting new start, start in the frustrating field of dealing with this cognitive disorder. Uh, regular blood transfusions from younger, physically fit donors can be a good thing to help your mental cognition come back to what it should be. Wow. I'm kind of like down vampires. The, All yeah. the old baby boomers are going to be vampires, sucking I'm, the blood of young people. I'm going right down to the CrossFit gym. I'm going to make them give me some blood. Give me some blood. Yeah. yeah. Nice. They probably work out and... Sucking blood. They're probably all, you know what? They're probably full of creatine and all that stuff. Probably. You know, this body's a temple, man. Mm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I add on to it almost daily. So, another interesting article. Um, Maybe the best way to deal with, uh, you're going to love this. Perhaps the best way to deal with. Perhaps. Per adventure. Per adventure. You know, that's one of my favorites. The best way to deal with obesity in America fat shaming. Really? That's what this article says. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you that will not work. No, it's against the law. Okay, first of all, don't make fat people mad. Yeah? They they can they will sit on you and smother you. Do You know what? My people, I'm going to say my people, okay? Yeah, fat you, people. You identify? Well, I've been fat for a little bit of my life, you know? I mean, I was skinny when I was a little kid, but anyway, don't be mean to fat people. Uh-huh. They they first of all, they lift weights every day. Their own weight? When you're overweight, you're lifting. You got muscle. I was fat once. Like, do not, like, don't mess with a Samoan guy. Samoan guys, the big Samoan guys, yeah. they lift weights all day. They yeah. will, they will, yeah. No, it's not. Don't, it's a, it's be, a certain kind of bodybuilding. 
Absolutely. Right. It's just picking yourself up out of the chair. Mm. So don't mess with fat people. Don't be mean to fat people. They will. Yeah, they can put a move on you. Fat people are tough. Okay. You can hit a fat person. And I'll tell you right now, it really does not hurt that much. Remember Eglon and judges? All I remember is that the dirt came out. He was I like a the very way they, fat man. He was a very fat man. Yeah. So that was wrong. Fat shaming, huh? Yeah. Apparently, uh, this might be one way to motivate people to no longer be overweight. You know, I used to help people with that. In Do tell. Junior high school. Oh. Somebody would make a fat no, joke. No, that's called bullying. No. Oh, no. No. I, Somebody I would fat to shame the wrong me. Conclusion. Yeah. They would fat shame me. Uh-huh. They would they would make a fat joke to me. And then what I would do instead of say something back is I would hit them in the face. <laughs> but you can't be suspended for that anymore. So Well, but I would hit them in the face and uh-huh. they'd bleed. Yeah. And here's what was amazing. They never saw it coming. And they never thought, gosh. And you know what though it was great? is I don't think ever in their life again they ever made fun of a fat person. Wow. And I was standing up for the fat people of America. We are so far away from where we probably should be on this. I understand. But you know, you fat people out there, hey, it's okay. You have a friend in me. I love you. There you go. See outside of Peterson's Donuts. Hey, man. You can, Savoy Donuts. Oh, well, I love, no, I love Savoy, I love Savoy Donuts. We're, we're but followers he's, of Savoy. Right. But, he, but our good friend, Dan Daniel, the Donut Dan Man. The donut yeah. Man. He's not open 24 hours a day. No, that's true. And Because he's smart. I understand. He has a life. But you can go to Peterson's at 3 o'clock in the morning. I wouldn't recommend it. I've been there, and there's a line three deep. Well, I will say this. With my, my lovely bride's first pregnancy. Yes. I was grateful at the hours of Peterson's because there were a few times where she said, you know what I really think I need? A Peterson's old-fashioned donut. And I go, you know what, honey? No problem. Is that her fave? I'm on it. Well, then it was. Not anymore. Yeah. But for a very brief period of time, pregnancy You, you like one. their 12-pound bear claw. No, no. No, no. I don't like Apple fritter. I am only an apple fritter guy. That Yeah. You like that 12-pounder. And, and uh, no matter what, donuts give... I don't get indigestion from almost anything except for donuts, but I will put up with indigestion for okay. an apple fritter. That apple fritter yeah. at Peterson's... It's not as good as Savoy's. No, it isn't. But it, you know who's got good apple fritters, which is strange. Who? Seven Eleven. You're kidding me. I'm dead serious. We should probably go try those sometime. You think so? It's a little strange. Yeah. I don't recommend eating the hot dog on the rotisserie. In there. No, that's been there for at least eight, nine, ten months. Yeah, I mean, I was in junior high school. That same hot dog was there, right? Yeah, on the rollers. Yeah, yep, just sweating. Oh, just man. rolling this and sweating. Just, it looks like it's on. Looks like it's on a treadmill. Dog sweat. <laughs> it's, that's like a gym for hot just dogs. Just running on a treadmill. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Oh. But, but that apple fritter yes. at the Peterson's, at Peterson's, it's big. It's as big as my face. It's like an island out of the Hawaiian right. chain. They it's, lost it somewhere. It's it's two meals. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Oy. Tonight is the... Newcomers event. Newcomers. We're going to meet uh, some newcomers new people. Meetup. Meetup. Yeah. You know what I got? Cookies? Well, our good friend Gloria... Made us some more chocolate chip she cookies. She made chocolate chip oh. cookies and... I, Gloria, I tried one. I, I had mint. To, I just had to make sure they were okay. Mint-infused brownies. Oh, really? Yes. And then my darling wife mm. went down to Edelweiss Bakery, uh-huh. my favorite local bakery, and picked up some apple strudels. Right. And so, you know, as Chuck if would these, say... If these newcomers don't come back after this event, glorious. there's a problem. Well, we're going to be putting on a lot of weight if they don't. We need some people to eat that stuff. 
Yeah, they'll eat it. Yeah, good. It's all good. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's it. And today is 9-11. Yeah, that's a little somber there. That was, yeah, that was... 18 years ago today. I got up this morning, and I actually, I usually don't check social media, but I had a thing that said my son, the firefighter, had posted something. Yeah. And he posted a little thing about 9-11. And, Never uh, forget. Yeah, that was... Um, do you remember that? Where were you? I, uh, I was in bed when it first happened, and then I was woken up, and someone said, hey, you got to come check this out. And I came, oh, my goodness, right as I watched the second, the second plane hit the second tower. I was at uh, Maranatha in yeah. the morning there, and then, um, boy, church was full that Wednesday and that Saturday and Sunday, wasn't it? It was. It was standing room only. Very short period of time we saw yeah. some American unity. Yeah. Shook, uh, that was what? a crazy time. That whole time yeah. from September 11th till about the end of the year was pretty crazy. That, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was hard. It was Man, hard. I pray nothing like that ever happens again. That was yeah. heavy. My, you I, know what's really strange about it now is like, my kids will ask me, because uh, I guess, you know, 9-11 is kind of like, it's like the Kennedy assassination for, like, me. Right. I was nowhere around. Kennedy assassinated long before I was around. Uh, but, but yeah, my kids now will ask me, hey, what was that like when that 9-11 thing happened? And yeah, it's pretty weird to explain. It's, they can't even, like, comprehend it. It's pretty weird. I remember being asked... Uh, because it says that Americans had forgot about it like five years in. Uh-huh. That it wasn't in our consciousness as much as it was. And uh, somebody asked, hey, what does your old man think about this? Has he forgotten 9-11? And I'm like, no, nah, he, he's still mad about Pearl Harbor. Right. So um, he hadn't forgot. And so people hadn't forgotten. So, that's, so myself uh, and a couple other guys from the church, we drove to New York City to work with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And, I was uh, hoping you'd talk about Cross, that. Red Cross, right? Yeah. You know, just... You know, there was no plane travel immediately afterwards. So I want to say it was like less than less than a week later, we were on the road driving to New York City. And uh, we spent three weeks in New York. And um, we went down, right down in lower Manhattan, where the, the towers had been. And uh, we went from fire station to fire station and met a lot of firefighters, prayed with a lot of people. It was pretty gnarly. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it was weird to go down, you, you know. Have you been to New York City before? No, but it was top, still pretty raw at that point. Well, like, I mean, yeah. like 42nd Street where Times Square, you know, north of there, Times Square area. It was like normal, you know, people, you know, buying, selling, all that sort of stuff. Man, you go down to lower Manhattan and it was like, there were some areas where the power wasn't on yet. They had generators outside buildings and they had guys out there with high power washers washing the dust off of everything. And it was wow. like, nobody was talking. They just... As quiet as can be, just kind of well, heads down, walking, depressed. It was it was heavy. They're probably in shock. Oh, big I'm time, still, yeah. big time. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, the man. pile the pile was still burning. It was it was crazy. That's uh, yeah. I will say this for Americans, huh? They we had to, for that time a short amount of time, but it, unity. Americans tend to do pull together, uh, in times like that, and drop our differences and, and yeah. do that. So, uh, man. Yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy stuff. So we do pray for the families and associated with those firefighters and emergency services workers and all the victims there. That was a that was a very, very tough time. Truly, truly. So what else is going on? Anything good? I don't know. We got we got some questions, right? Yeah. Lots of questions here. Lots of questions, actually. Yeah, man. This week, I don't know if we'll get through all these. We're well, gonna we'll, have to do a twofer. 
We'll check it out, man. We'll see what we can do. I don't know. You know, some, we got people, some people say things like, oh, I don't think you should go more than an hour. And I just say, listen to it at double speed. It's only 30 minutes. Yeah. And I say, listen to it at half speed for a good laugh. Yeah, don't do that. I, I Yeah. See, it's forbidden. They're going to go do it because you tell them not to do it. That's exactly why I said don't do it. Exactly. Reverse psychology. Reverse child psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I got a question. You have a different question outside of the list no, of questions? No, right here. I'm going on the list of oh, questions. Oh, you're going on the list of questions. Please so, ask the question, Mark. All right. Number one. Number one. I was wondering what your opinion is of Rick Warren and if the book, The Purpose Driven Life, What on the Earth Am I Here For? We got the full title. The full title. Um, would it be a good work to give a, a good book to give an unsaved family member? My opinion is yes. I would agree. I'm kind of a bit of a fanboy, Rick Warren. I like Rick Warren. I mean, sure, sure. There's some things here and there that Rick has probably done and said that we'd probably go, eh, I wouldn't do or say that. But for the most part, Rick's Rick's doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Rick's been part of a machine that he helped, you know, build and minister to that is literally thousands and thousands of people have been affected and gotten saved and get under into a relationship with Jesus Christ because he of loves his dedication. Jesus. Yeah, dude loves Jesus. Just like Left Eddie. Loves yeah. Jesus. And he ain't lying. He ain't lying. So No, um, he did he's done a pretty good work around the world. So my favorite clip of Rick Warren was Rick Warren sitting before Congress, testifying oh, before Congress with, with Elton, Elton John. John. That was awesome. That was a trip. Yeah. And you know Rick Warren shared the gospel with Elton John. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. A uh, little note on the purpose driven life. It was originally written as like a um like a discipleship book for Rick Warren's church. Right. And then, you know, some publishers, you know, obviously he has a church that's like 20,000 people. So there were some people in his church that was like, hey, we should turn this into a book. And he's like, all right, go for it. He had no intent or plan that it would become like a number one bestseller for, you know, I want to say it was on the bestsellers list for like 90 weeks or something like that. It was amazing. So he never intended to write a bestseller. I guarantee the people who intend to write a bestseller probably never got on the bestsellers list. So, um, so yeah. Well, I did think some other little facts about Rick was talking about uh, what he did with the proceeds. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Rick's he, he paid he paid back his salary for entire salary for all the years he worked yeah, at the church. Uh-huh. So he doesn't really hasn't collected a salary for years. No, and then uh, gives doesn't away live, doesn't live in a gargantuan mansion nope. or anything. Right. And he gives away the majority of what the book makes and all right, those things. Right. He lives very humbly and uh, is very very. I mean, he still focused. wears shirts just like your shirt pretty much every day. Yeah, there you go. He likes Hawaiian shirts. He's a good Californian. Well, I He's mean, practically a Calvary Chapel pastor. It's like a pastor's muumuu. You got room to grow on it. Except there's a whole bunch of Calvary Chapel guys that are pretty negative on Rick Warren, which kind of bothers me. Yeah, I think Rick Might did be some jealousy. great stuff. It yeah. could be. Yeah. I'm sure there's Rick... areas where it's like, yeah, maybe I wouldn't do it or say it like that, but whatever. Well, I don't even agree with me all the time. I don't agree with you all the time. There you go. Yeah. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. Huh? You, you left that one way too open. Well, I let it fly. Nice, easy softball. Okay, I would definitely... I could give it to an unsafe family member. I think it might be a good book to, for them to read. Yeah. It, yeah, I read the book. How many, I think it was good. I, how many people have you ever seen that are looking for direction and truly wondering, like, why in the world am I here? First line of the book is some good truth. It's not about you. you. That's a yeah. good first line. Yep. I think we all agree with that. Uh, it was interesting. We were at a restaurant last night. Yeah. And uh, got in a... Because con- I'm always joking. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, got in a great conversation with the waiter. And he spent a lot of time talking to us, and uh, he's going through this soul-searching thing right now. Soul-searching. Trying to just discover, like, 
what is the meaning of life and all those things. Got to talk to him about Jesus and invite him to church and all those things. But that is a question that that book would answer. Right. So I think it's a great book. So right Did you on. tell him about the podcast? I did. Hey, maybe he'll hear about himself. I right hope he is. He's a good go. dude. I like this guy. I invited him out for coffee into church, so I'd like to talk to him. He's super. He's a CrossFitter, so he probably so gave me part some, of a religion. He, he did kind of laugh about that when I said, "Oh, you're already in a church. You're yeah. in a CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. Church. So anyway, I mean, cross connection. Some people thought this was a CrossFit gym. Well, our friend Wendy brought that up. We are she, doing some cross training here. There you go. There you go. So there you go. So anyway, we are. Tied to the cross. This is kind of like a workout routine right there you here. Go. People can listen go. to it while they're doing their workout. So just don't listen to it at half speed. When Ricardo Warren, I'll give him a thumbs up. We're good with that. Purpose-driven life. All right. What is Cross Connection's position on the rapture? Question mark. Pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation? Why does the church hold that position? And are there specific scriptures that support this Position. So I said I think we should probably explain those three. Boy, we got all kinds of stuff here. Yeah, there's, there's. We need to so people know what we're talking about. So, so uh, the rapture. Another, well, just as a little side note, um, another yeah. good place to start is a message that I gave here at the church probably about four years ago, and it's on uh, having a humble eschatology, and I'll I'll even link it in the show notes here for where it's going to be at. It's on the church's website about. And I give an overview on all of these things, kind of a more in-depth overview on eschatology. We kind of mentioned eschatology last week, study of the last things, the end times. Um, there are three primary views on... Is, that, is there such a thing as an eschatician? No. Okay. Well, maybe we'll create one. There you go. Because, yeah. I mean, there's... Who are the people who do the facials? Esthetician. Yeah. So if we had an... Eschatician? Eschatician, there'd be somebody who works with eschatology. Sure. Instead of an eschatologist... Sure. Okay. I'm tracking with you, kind of. All right. Anyways, so. back to the point. That's good. Um, there are three primary views of eschatology. There's amillennial, premillennial, and postmillennial. And both basically... There's a lot of millennials involved right, in this. Right. Basically, yeah. all of those views have... They kind of base their theology on what they think about what's called the millennial reign of Christ or the millennium period... And uh, we at Cross Connection are premillennial. I'm not going to go into the postmillennial or amillennial because that's just not us. Um, but we are premillennial, which we therefore believe that the second coming of Jesus is going to happen before the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus. So we believe that someday Jesus will return, second coming. Now, the rest of this question has to do with what happens to the church prior to the second coming because there is this view among premillennial believers, some premillennial believers, that before Jesus returns, there's going to be a time of tribulation on the earth. And some people believe, based on passages from Daniel and some other places, Revelation, that this tribulation period is going to occupy a seven-year period of time. So there are some people who think that before the second coming of Jesus, there's going to be a seven-year tribulation, and that before the seven-year tribulation, Jesus is going to rapture his church. Those are called pre-tribulational, so before the tribulation, believers. So there's many people who believe that Jesus is going to secretly rapture his church, take them out before they're just going to disappear. So read the And I think it's a good book. thing to explain what the rapture is, because it's not really addressed in the Bible as rapture, necessarily. Well, the, the word itself, yeah. but yeah, there's a word, harpazo, means to Ooh, catch away. Catch it's away. Greek word. 
And uh, the, the catching Latin, of the saints. The no. Latin would be rapturus. Oh, rapture. So it's First Thessalonians chapter four. This talks about. I these thought that's like when your grocery bag blew up when it got wet. The rupture, but no. We don't have paper bags no more. Well, wait, no. Do we? I don't remember. There was a. Are we, we have our own we bags now. Plastic bags or something? Who knows? I yeah. don't know. That's oh, you know so what? far off okay. the thing. We, okay. we shouldn't yes. be talking Ruptures. about that. Anyway, yeah. Rapture. So Rapture. The, the pre-tribulational view is that Jesus is going to take his church out. They're going to suddenly disappear from the earth. They'll be with the Lord in heaven during the, the period of tribulation. Then there's a mid-tribulation view that says that's going to happen in the middle of the seven years, so three and a half years in. Then there's a pre-wrath view. And then there's a post-trib view. And then there's even these group, these guys who call them the pan-trib people. It'll, it'll just pan it'll out. It'll pan out. It'll yeah. pan out, yeah. There's some truth to that. Right. So uh, where do we fit in on this in Calvary Chapel? Well, cross-connection. Say cross-connection church. Uh, we hold to a historic premillennialism. And uh, we, we hold to basically a pre-wrath view. And really, when you think about this, every single one of these pre-tribulational, mid-tribulational, post-tribulational, pan-tribulational... They are all pre-wrath. They just have a different view on when wrath is. So those who hold a pre-tribulational rapture, they believe that the entire seven-year period is is wrath. Those who hold a mid-tribulational view, they think that only the last three and a half years is wrath. Uh, those who hold a post-tribulational view believe that Jesus is going to take his church out just before he brings wrath upon the earth. And uh, I'm fine with any of those views. Um, I know people here at this church that, that hold a pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib view. Uh, we don't split hairs over it because uh, we believe in the historic position that the church has always held to. The second coming of Jesus is the most important part of it. And uh, we trust, because of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, that he has not appointed his church to wrath. So we will not endure wrath. So whether or not that wrath is the entire seven years or it's just the last three and a half years or it's right before Jesus returns, um, I think it's open to some interpretation. Yeah. I've heard some good arguments on all the positions. John MacArthur has a great argument on uh, his his pre-tribulational views. And um, John Piper has a good argument on his post-tribulational views. And so there's a lot of really good Bible teachers that have different opinions. And there are some guys, like there's a, a pastor out of Moscow, Idaho, named Doug Wilson. And uh, I think... I think Doug Wilson would be a fun guy for us to hang out with. We got to find a way to hang out with Doug Wilson. Well, I just want to go to Moscow. Moscow, Idaho. I wonder if they got any good donut shops there. I bet you they do. We should probably go on location Ooh. and do our show from there. Uh, but he holds a post uh, post millennial view, totally different than ours. Oh, really? And he's got a great argument for why he believes that. So you know, you kind of go, all right. Yeah, different people have different views, and um, all of them are going to realize that they were wrong and we were right when we are with Jesus. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely have a way I lean. I'm not going to talk about it. Right. But I have definitely have a way I lean. I mean, we are wholly 100% pre-millennial. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll say that. But but as far as, you know, the pre, post, mid, I've got a way I lean. But I'm going to be real honest with you. I wouldn't pick a church over right. how they, you know, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't put a great deal of salt. Unless that church puts a big deal on it. Yeah, I, some I churches think, do. Yeah, I, I think you yeah. have to, you know, approach that in a way. It's that, like you said, humble. We uh, believe in the second. I'm willing coming to of be Jesus. convinced uh, another way. I'm willing to listen to that. So. Yeah, we don't we don't talk a ton about it here. We talk about it when we get to passages like that in the Bible, which happens occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not an issue of salvation. If you look at our church website at the beliefs section, and you look at 
Uh, belief number 15, we talk a little bit about this, the church not being appointed to wrath, and that um, the Lord is going to deal with his church under grace, and we are not appointed to wrath. Now, I think if they're asking for some specific scriptures to support this position, I think they're talking about the one that we hold. Um, a premillennial we, view? Yeah, well... I think that's what they're at. No, I don't think. I think they're actually for actually going right, drilling right down into the pre, mid, and post. Yeah. So I think we've answered the question. But if if you have more questions and you want us to bring up what scriptures support the different views, we can do that in another podcast. Yeah, we can just, do that. Just text, well, or, yeah, text or check in again. out the message because I did a pretty in depth message okay. on this a All few right. years ago. So okay, cool. And what was it, when was that message? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I can put it in the uh, the um, notes for this podcast episode, but it was a humble eschatology. Oh, is that what it was called? It was given on September 14th, 2014. So just wow. three days and a few years. September 11th. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, five years ago and three days. Crazy. Yeah. That's a trip. All right. Humble, humbledoxy. I call humbledoxy. it. Humbledoxy. I remember that. Humble orthodoxy. Okay. Well, number three, you mentioned that second John was written from Ephesus, uh-huh. what city was it written to? Don't know. I, the, the reason I said it was written from Ephesus is because church tradition holds that John the Apostle lived the last years of his life in Asia Minor in Ephesus. And uh, so it's good good possibility he wrote from Ephesus. And um, so, yeah, we don't know what church he was specifically writing to. But I do know it was written to God's church. True. So we'll Where's just take it as written to cross connection yes. a couple thousand years before. The, he, they knew. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 he was he totally knew. up on he it. Told, he was down. He knew we'd be here. Yeah. Not so much. But anyway. I will say that whole area in Ephesus, man, it's beautiful. Where are you guys going on the journey of Paul Cruz? So we start in Athens. Okay. We go from Athens to the island of Mykonos, which Ooh. is not in the Bible. And then we go to Rhodes, Greece. And then we go to Cyprus, which is in the Bible. So Paul's first missionary journey, first stop, the island of Cyprus. Then we go to Jerusalem. That's in the Bible. Yep. And I, Galilee. Well, once or twice. Once or twice for Galilee. Galilee. Yeah. Then we go to the island of Crete, also in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And the island of Malta, yep. also in the Bible. And we finish in Rome. Okay. We are leaving two weeks from Friday. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Looking forward to that. Also, we will be planning an Israel trip for September 2020, one year away. Oi. Working on it. That'll be good. You can adjust that a little bit. There yeah, yeah, sure. There we go. Just a minute there. Here we go. Oh. Super duper. All right. So, shall we move on? Answered. Yes. Number four. Three. How? Number oh. three. Oh, wait, no. You just oh, did no. number three. I did, I did number three. I it was so in way off. Two John. Samsonite. Okay. I was way off. Yeah. All right. Missed it by that much. Mm. All right, number four. How can I extend grace in a hostile work environment with managers who only care about productivity, not the well-being of their employees? Should I just leave? Mark, did you text this question in? I did not. So that worries me. Maybe it was one of our employees. Am I hostile? Well, I was worried maybe I was hostile. No. I mean, I've been pretty hostile. Do you have an answer for how you deal with this? I've been to a youth hostel. Is that different? Hmm. I stayed at some of those in Europe. They were great. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. Um, what do you think, Mark? How do you deal with a hostile manager? Was the, did he 
Did he call you fat? That would be fat shaming. Maybe he's just trying to motivate you to lose some weight. Punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, man, you probably lose your job. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. That depends. I mean, you know, might be able to work out a deal after that, you know? Boy, oh, boy. I wouldn't uh, recommend that. No, you don't think so? Okay. No, just no. I was just testing. All right. Just testing. Okay. No, we need to take this seriously because it, obviously somebody's... This is a serious question here. Yeah. Um, let's see. How do I expand? Well, first of all, and we were actually talking about this at lunch a little bit, is... is it's really important to prepare your heart and think of things in the light of eternity. And you probably are enduring something that is unpleasant, um, but it's probably also not unto the point of death. And so uh, there's a really good chance if he's hostile and uh, not very loving or caring, there's a really good chance that he doesn't know Jesus. And so I think set an example as long as you can and as long as you bear. Pray for that person fervently. Uh, ask the Lord to give you a chance or, or somebody a chance to speak into this person's life. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but part of being in business and working sometimes is you're there. And they, that's what they care about is numbers. And so uh, and I think also you need to pray and prepare yourself. Ask God to open another door for you. You will certainly know it is time to leave if God's opening a door that for you unexpectedly. You know, he's opening this door for you, and you know it's time to leave. I think that's part of it also. So look for God's timing, but I think until then, until God opens that door for you to leave, without knowing the entire situation. I mean, I'm going off very little info, so if I have more info, I could probably make a better recommendation. But until that time... Pray for that boss and work hard. Set a really good example. Um, be careful to not backbite. Uh, exhibit anything negative that be, you know, like a negative reflect reflection on you or your faith. And just minister to that person uh, because they're faced with eternity. And as bad as your boss is, really, when you sit down and think about eternity, and if hell is part of that eternity for him, separation from God nobody wants that for anybody and so certainly not us believers so I think you have to weigh these things in the light and the length of eternal salvation just eternity period so that's my thought you got any thoughts I have some verses that come to mind okay. of Ephesians and Colossians I mean if you're going to drive the Bible this of course I think Colossians 3 says, Whatever you do in word yeah. or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. And then it goes on to say bond servants, which I think you can update this uh, if you understand what is being spoken about when you talk about servants and masters in a New Testament context. Um, talking to employees and employers, he says, uh, I'll, I'll just update it. Employees, obey in all things your employers according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So I think maintaining that mindset that, hey, I'm going to do this as unto the Lord, uh, probably change the way you see your, your work and your job environment. If someone's doing something unethical or wrong, then, you know, maybe it is a time to find a different employment opportunity, look for something new, because uh, God will deal with unethical. I was just talking with, uh, in fact, you and I were talking with a guy here at the church who's got a business partner who's kind of unethical and things are starting to fall apart around him. And that, that tends to happen when you don't th do things in line with principles of scripture, things fall apart. And uh, sometimes it's uh, time to start looking for a new employment. Exactly. exactly. But I would say, uh, don't go, 
don't go hunting for, uh, or don't leave the job you got until you got another one to go to. That's wise. I think so, so let God pray that God will open that up another been, door for you. That has been my observation with mm-hmm. people I've talked to over the years, you know. Look for something new and move from where you're at to something new. Right. And do it all prayerfully. Yeah. So. Do whatever you do heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Good plan. Yes. I know Mark Driscoll's a big believer in that scripture. I've heard him preach on it. So I'm, I'm moving on. Yeah. Moving on there. Thank so you. anyway. Okay. Um, five. As we're going through the New Testament, what will be or will we be studying Revelation at some point? I don't think in the near future, because you just did this not too long ago. I have received this question from like four people in the last two weeks because we're finishing second and third John and we'll be done with the New Testament study we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, no, we will not be doing anything in the foreseeable near future in Revelation. Some point, I'm sure we will. Yeah. Uh, but I did a series on the seven churches of Asia. And um, yeah, I think I'll just leave it with that for now. Yeah. I appreciate your teaching in Revelation. Yeah. Sorry. Did you hear a cricket? In I the keep room? hearing some weird noise. Do you keep hearing that too? I Maybe it's my uh, my knee creaking or something. I have something. no idea. It's just, it keeps like, I go, is that a phone ringing? What is that sound? What, Anyways, I have no idea. What is that on your desk? Mushroom coffee mix? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah. No? I'm trying something new here. Yeah. Well, you get getting off a of coffee? Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee Mix, Lion's Mane, and Chaga. Are we allowed to, to drink mushrooms? This is not like some sort of weird hocus pocus stuff here. Yeah? You want we should we try this later? Is this a performance enhancing coffee? Right. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know. I feel like coffee's enhanced my performance over my life, so yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a I'm a five cup a day guy. Caught your eye there, huh? I saw that. I thought I, I heard about it advertised on another of... podcast I listened to, and I thought I'm going to try it. So what we'll try kind it. of hippie voodoo was sitting over That's there? That's exactly but... what it is. Hippie voodoo. Hippie voodoo. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. You know, it's better than getting blood transfusion from young people. All right, but if I come in here and you're like got your own drum circle going on, I'm I'm. I'm calling I only in the do authorities. That. I only do that at home. Mark. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Drum circle. No drum circles at church. Okay. So the answer is probably not in the, not, not, n- not not in the near future. We will someday. Not right now. Yeah. So okay. We go book by book. Yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna go hunting for new books in the Old Testament. Groovy. Groovy. I love the Old Testament. Me too. Oh, it's there's so many exciting things going on in there. Yes. So okay. Number six. In 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 23. Yes. Paul speaks out about the dead, speaks about the dead sleeping until Christ comes again. Again, there's quotations around sleeping. I think there's a, yeah. Some questions about this. Yes. And this is, but there is an order to this um, resurrection. Mm-hmm. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back, do we go to heaven right when we die or do we sleep until Jesus second coming? Oh, I know where that question's coming from. And it's if we sleep, how can we feel good about our or our loved one's death? So this is a question about soul sleep. Yes. And yeah. yes, will we, yes, we would be resurrected with Jesus, but gives little comfort for now. So All I right, got Well, it. let's read the fir- verses first. Yeah. First Corinthians Let's do some explaining. 15, 20 through 23, is that what it said? Yeah. It says, but now Christ is risen from the dead 
and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as, ad, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall many be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. So the question here is basically saying, when we go, when we die, does that mean we're just staying asleep until the Lord returns? No, that is a view called soul sleep. That's not what's being taught here in this passage or anywhere in the Bible. And um, the question about... So you don't just like nod off at night like you do and you wake up in the morning, you don't know if you're asleep for one minute or one hour or 10 hours. Uh, it's right. not that. No. Okay. No, in fact, when it says in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 that there are some who have fallen asleep, the answer to the question, what does it mean to have fallen asleep, is right there in the verse, because it says now Christ is risen from the dead, so he's raised from the dead, and he's become the first one, first one to rise from the dead of those who have fallen asleep. So fallen asleep is just a uh, metaphoric word for, for death here. Paul does the same thing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the passage asking the question about the second coming of the Lord and the rapture. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. So they had died. So sometimes we use the, the words asleep or fallen asleep to, to speak about someone who's dead. But this does bring up the question about soul sleep. There has been a teaching, a false teaching, it's not biblical at all, that those who die, who believe in the Lord, they kind of go to sleep and they stay asleep in this kind of suspended state, suspended animation. They're just there asleep until the lord's return and then he kind of wakes them up that's that's called soul sleep bible doesn't teach that instead the bible teaches that to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord second corinthians chapter 5 verses 6 through 8 so uh paul talks about this also in philippians chapter 1 verse 23 that um when we depart this world we are with the lord so so uh when you die you're with jesus in his presence do you like to sleep no, I hate to sleep because I feel like it's such a waste of time. Does your wife like to sleep? She loves to sleep. So my wife loves to sleep. Yeah. Do you like to sleep? No. No. But there's like That's a... That's strange. It's like a, a... I mean, I definitely have wis- witnessed resurrection many times. I mean, yeah. when she sleeps, when she wakes up, it's a rough time, that poor thing. Yeah. It's like a catastrophic thing has happened. She's uh. like, oh, wow, it's day again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard for her. She, Does you your are, wife say in the morning, oh, I feel so tired? So, yeah. Yeah, my wife always tells me she feels so tired in the morning. I think, you just slept for like nine hours. Why do you feel tired? Well, and then you get this, oh, well, it's because you're up snoring all night. That you were snoring and you kept her up? Yeah, but oh, I Mark, mean, you need to give I her know some earplugs. for a fact that she'd slug me when I'm snoring. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah. No, she likes to sleep. She's a sleeper. How much do you sleep a night, average? Oh, uh, probably seven hours, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I sleep five. Yeah. Yeah. I try to get I get I try to get away with as little as possible. Really? It catches up with me though. You yeah. know, I had a son that I don't think he ever slept when he was a kid. Yeah. Was this Ethan? No, uh Wyatt. Really? Well, perfect. He went into the right job. Yeah, firefighting so Yeah, he, getting yeah. up all night long. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's good. On 2 hours sleep, he's he's ready to roll. So, uh I don't I didn't feel like I really slept much during high school. I stayed up. I, I can remember there were a few nights because my dad, he used to get up at like four in the morning to go to work mm-hmm. and uh, he'd be getting up and he'd like peek in my room and go, did you go to bed? I'd be like, uh, no, maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> what things keep you up at night? Reading. Reading. Yeah. See, if I'm building something in my head, 
Well, that's another problem. If I, I got if I got thoughts going on, I can't oh, I can't shut it down. Man, I cannot. I mean, I cannot tell you how many either sermons or little devotions I've written, or if I'm building something in my head, you know, something for a car, or a boat, or a machine, or something in my head, I am up until I get it on paper. I just, yeah. Yeah, I have to take a number of notes in the middle of the night. I put them on my notes app on my phone. Things come to me, and I gotta put that down before I forget it. Do you get cranky? Mm, no, not too much. I don't think. You can ask my wife. She'll probably yeah. just say otherwise. Okay, I'll check. She'll probably say, yeah, he's not nice. Until he has his mushroom coffee. Oh, gosh. That stuff better be good. I mean, it comes... There's... We're going to have to try it. We'll try it. We'll heat up some water and have some mushroom coffee. That sounds great. Well, before the... Um... I mean, it's got regular um, instant coffee in it, but it's also got some lion's mane extract and chaga. I don't know what chaga is. It's probably something bad. It's chaga? not illegal. It's, it's you legal. sure about that? Where did you uh, well, buy you that? You can buy there? it online, so I don't think it's illegal. Did you get that at the unwashed hippie store? No, I got it on an internet website. Oh, so it's legit. Right. There better not be any weed in that stuff. No, I don't do drugs. Okay, all right, man. Come on now. We're going to go to the you meet and me. greet afterwards. We don't act weird. The only, the only drug I could be guilty of having is chocolate chip cookies. Boy, those are some good-looking chocolate chip cookies. They make Boy, me go man. into an altered state. Number oh, seven. Oh, man. All right. Um... Do you have an opinion about the recent news regarding Benny Hinn? Yes, I do. So what's going on with Benny Hinn? Because I didn't know the news. So open the spout and let the glory pour out was the last thing I I think it was about maybe maybe 10 days ago. um, A video came out from his ministry, him talking, doing his ministry thing. And he was like somewhat seeming to renounce the uh, prosperity gospel. And so it kind of started a stir. And... um, People wondering what's what's going on with that, and you know from a distance it looks looks good. I mean, looks genuine. Like with any such shift, um, yeah. we'll I, I kind of take a wait and see approach with yeah. these kind of things. No, but could, I mean, I've, I've never considered Benny Hinn to be like one of my spiritual mentors. I mean, I'm not going to be reading his commentaries on anything anytime soon. So, you know, he's not really in my top five of people that I follow. He's so. not one of my spiritual mentors. No, no but I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there's a lot of people that do get their spiritual minty freshness from him. So, you know, if he shifts and goes to a more orthodox view, praise Jesus. But here's the interesting thing. So there was an interview that somebody did with him on YouTube, and I caught it maybe, I don't know, three days ago, asking some questions in light of all this. I got something I want to play from you and or from him and uh, get your reaction to it. Because I thought, wow, well, that's kind of interesting. So th- uh, this will be, be strange. We're, and he's just up Benny the road Hen. from us. We got Benny Hinn on, on the, the show podcast right here. I mean, I could see ben, Benny Hill on the show. I don't know who that is, but let's listen to this. You don't know who Benny Hill is? Nope. The famous English comedian? Sorry. Yeah, you shouldn't watch him, actually, now that I think about it. Benny's totally I'm, rated R. Benny Hill and Hinn, probably okay, not going to yeah. be watching either one of them. Let her fly. Okay. Number one, what is the gospel? The gospel is Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, lived a sinless life, proved to be the Son of God by the miracles and by His death and resurrection. And we have to preach Jesus crucified and Jesus resurrected and to point people to the cross because the cross is life. The cross is what brings change to their life. I would say we agree with that. I can't believe that's Benny Hinn. That's Benny Hinn. Wow. I got another interesting one. Here, tell me what you think about this one. 
Okay, I'm 67. How long do I have on this earth? I don't know. 15 years, maybe 20, maybe. What am I going to do the next 20 years? That is for me to decide. I want to make sure that the next 15 or 20 years of my life, that my message is the cross. The real call of my life. The message is salvation. Pointing people to the Lord I love. Jesus is his name. To talk about the Holy Spirit and his power that we must have. And I want to be known for that. I don't want to be known, you know, the prosperity teacher. No, I don't want to be known as that. What do you think about that? What's next, Joel Osteen? I mean, geez. Man, wouldn't that be a trip? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm going to, I'd take a wait and see whole thing on that, but that, that sounds pretty good from a distance. Wow. I'm good with that. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, I've never really listened to Benny Hinn before, so I, I know he's probably said all kinds of wacky things in the past. But, well, I mean, that was that wacky. was pretty, no, that was, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, that's like, that could be from our pulpit. I yeah, mean, so anyways, yeah. yeah, wait and see. Or I your pulpit. We'll I don't want that pulpit. Hey, now he's just up the road from us, up in the OC. He's right there in Orange County, yeah. And right maybe along you can explain freeway. to people what prosperity teaching is. Blab it and grab it. Well, yeah, I mean, the typical view on prosperity is that God... Um, you know, every single person who's put their faith in Jesus is going to have uh, blessing from God, blessing, blessing, and prosperity. And most of the time, people hear that in the sense of financial prosperity. And some uh, prosperity teachers have given this kind of seed faith teaching, where it's like, you need to give some seed money, and uh, and then the Lord's going to return that. And let's be really, really candid here. There's a lot of verses in the Bible where you can easily take them just a little tiny bit out of yeah. context and seem to prove some of these things. So, you know, the Bible in the wrong hands can be dangerous. So, yeah. And I, I think like a lot of these things, there's a little bit of tr- grain of truth. To right. Some of these things, right. people who are um, uh, faithful with their first fruits, their money, there is a certain blessing in that. Certainly. The Bible teaches yeah. that. Blessings and so, of obedience. Yeah. And so. Um, but I mean, you. so even talking about these things, like our next question, you want to look at question number eight kind of goes in line with this. Yeah. Okay. So, um the Gospels give a lot of examples of Jesus healing people. Do we, Cross Connection, believe that healing is for today and is still important? Yes. Yes, we yes. still think 100%. it's for today and that it's still important. We still believe in miracles and healings. So 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and some of those are miraculous healings. But God doesn't heal every single infirmity or illness, even in the Scripture, in the Gospels. Know, Jesus didn't heal every single infirmity or illness. The ultimate greatest healing is going to be when we are with the Lord and this mortality puts on immortality. Uh, so, so you know, the same sort of thing, because some of the prosperity teachers teach that if you're a Christian, you won't be sick. Positive confession, never say that you're sick, because if you say that you're sick, then you're going to be sick. Right, and, or if you are sick, that you didn't have enough faith and it's right, your fault. Yeah, That's another yeah. really dangerous teaching. And you hear that, run. Right. That you're in the wrong place. So, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I think, but I mean... I'm not one who listened to Benny Hen's podcast in the past, so I don't know. But I think he's been guilty of maybe teaching some of these things. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool the way he hits people with his jacket and they fall over. He had a lightsaber in one video. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think that was I think that was a remake. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Yeah, that if was you, Benny If you Hen, Google Benny oh, Hen lightsaber, you could stuff. probably have a pretty pretty good laugh there. So wow. 
We got what is that sound? There's something going on in your office. It's I don't know, man. It might be the spirit. You got a demon. Was that like my chair or what your was phone that sound? Or, yeah, or something. It's kind of freaking me. That's out. what happens when you start bringing hippie mushrooms into the chaga. Yeah, the chaga. I, that just sounds man. Evil. We're 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 coming up on an hour here. We okay, gotta, well, we, we gotta get moving. We get gotta with the program. Our people, they don't want to. Yeah. they don't want more than an hour. Why does the Catholic Church do communion every week, and why? Do we do it every seven weeks? Is that a Protestant thing or a biblical thing? It's just a thing. It's a Miles thing. It's a, I guess so. It's kind of a cross-connection thing. Um, so there's not just not just the Catholic Church does communion every single week. There's a lot of churches that do communion every single week. A lot of Protestant churches, Catholic churches, Orthodox churches. And then, uh, you know, the church that we grew out of, Calvary Chapel, we, we're still a part of it. Most Calvary Chapels, did, did Maranatha do it once a month? Yeah, we did. Maranatha yeah, first did Sunday once a month, of the month. Yeah. We used to do communion first Sunday of the month as well. And um, I, with the leadership, probably about 10 years ago, decided, hey, we're going to do it every seven weeks and um, make a shift, make a change, kind of like a, a Sabbath Sunday where we partake of communion. So the Bible says as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of the Lord. It doesn't say that you have to do it often. It just says as often as you do it, do it in the remembrance of the Lord. The, uh, if you go back to the ancient early church, they did it once a year at, at Easter. So that was as often as they did it. Wow. So, um, so yeah, we, um, we do it once every seven weeks. There's no biblical precedent or reason. It's just our tradition. Everybody's got traditions. Okay. Yeah. Answer. That was simple. Ten. How were Jesus' 12 disciples saved? Those are quotation marks because we're using a term there. Uh, uh, was it the same way as those who believed in the coming Messiah from the Old Testament? Good question. Do you think all 12 were saved? Well, uh, I'm having I'm, the Judas thing was tough. Yeah, Jesus calls Judas a devil. Yeah. So I'm going to say he I'm saying may no not on have Judas. been saved. Yeah. yeah. I think Woe he's to uh, him who uh, betrays the Lord. I think he's in the Beelzebub so, yeah. hot tub club Ooh, there with, uh, yeah, with uh, <laughs> Hitler sausage. and a couple other people Ooh, there. Yeah. Goodness I, I think, Yeah. There's a wow. Jump in. Yeah. Hot tub club. Yeah. I had I never heard the Beelzebub hot the, the tub Beelzebub club. Did you just come up with club? that, or no, is that I, something you used I, before? As a young Christian, we used to say that, that it was part of the Beelzebub hot tub club. Oh, my yeah, goodness. That, that's an interesting one. Roasting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ooh, this jacuzzi's too hot. You bet it is. That noise is freaking me out. You, you probably got a rodent in here or something. Someone's messing with me. Anyways. I'm um, doing nothing. That's Okay. How were Jesus's 11 disciples saved? Was it the same way as those who believed in the coming of the Messiah in the Old Testament? Um, I'm well, going to say that I do not think that the, the disciples experienced salvation in the same way that we think about this until after the resurrection. There was definitely no altar call. Right. So... So in the same way that Abraham, who was before the resurrection, and Moses and all these guys, they believed they believed in the coming Messiah. They they looked forward to him. The disciples before Jesus was crucified would have had the same. Uh, it wasn't their experience or them receiving salvation, I don't think could have come until after the resurrection. And I think that probably happened in John 20 when Jesus met with his disciples after the resurrection. And he it says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I think at that point, because of their faith and the resurrecting power of Christ, then they experienced salvation and forgiveness and all that sort of stuff. But they looked forward to the coming Messiah. 
And uh, we look back to the Messiah who has come and raised from the dead. So I think that answers it for yeah, sure. You got any other so. things to add to that? No, no. I, that, I do, I do kind of have a, a recap on the healing thing a little bit. I have a question for you. Just your opinion. Okay. Do you think the modern American church has a healthy view of healing? Um, do you think we, how, how do you think we handle that? Because like I, I've witnessed many people being healed of different things. God does the healing. It's not the healer other than Jesus is the healer. Um, do you think we have a healthy attitude about that in the modern church? You know, I came across this um, teaching and a book recently written by a PhD out of Duke University, a professor of New Testament there named Craig Keener. Mm-hmm. And he does a two-volume account of miracles, big book. And he even has like document evidence, like doctor document evidence about actual miraculous healings taking place. Mm-hmm. And this is not, this guy, Craig Keener, he is not like a Pentecostal charismatic kind of guy. He's a professor you know, of New Testament from Duke University, very level-headed, um, and he's just doing the research. You know, he's kind of doing more of like an academic scientific research on miracles and healing and showing, hey, there's a lot of evidence that this stuff takes place. Um, but there's a there's a pretty wide spectrum among Christians in America having to do with healings and miracles. Everything from very hyper-charismatic, like, pardon me, you got, you know, you, you got a knee hurt and come, we're going to lay hands on that. And do you feel any warmth? And let's pray again until you feel some, do you feel anything in your knee? And I've been around some of those things before. And I I don't know. I get a little weirded out by that mm-hmm. sort of approach. I understand it. There's a certain kind of religious or Christian tradition around all that, but it's just not my not my tribe necessarily. I would say more in the area of the people that, that we j- tend to spend time with. I run into more people who are a little bit skeptical of healing, hmm. but I don't think we should be. I think God still heals people, and we should still pray as if God will heal that person, and doesn't mean that he necessarily always does heal every illness or pain or infirmity, uh, but he may. And um, what's involved in that? Well, I mean, James talks about the prayer of faith saves the sick. I mean, you know, our faith, God's power, both of these things working together bring about a healing, but I think it's dangerous to put too much in the category of our faith because then you have those people who go, well, you know, you just didn't have enough faith. I think, well, no, I think that's wrong. Hmm. So yeah, I think we probably don't have the best theology of healing and miracles. And part of that has to do with the fact that we live in a highly medically advanced society where it just seems kind of out of the out of the ordinary i'll tell you i have and you do too i have friends who serve the lord in some developing nations um i think of luke and Kristen Ryder down in in mozambique and they have prayed for people for some miraculous healings people who had major eye problems and other illnesses and seen god do miraculous things right there on the spot in an amazing way you just go hey these people have no medical hope. It's not like they can go to Palomar, PMC, Palomar Medical Center, and get some help for this right. thing. It's like, man, they're in the middle of the, the bush, and it's like, you're going to pray for these people and trust God to heal them, and God heals. So you just go, man, God's able to do this stuff, and he does. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, over the course of the years, I've been able to witness a few things, and we don't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, I was once told, if you want the Holy Spirit to leave, make a big deal out of this stuff. Have people just showing up for, you know, the healing section of your program. Um but like over the one thing in particular, over the years, I've had the blessing of being able to pray for 
couples that were having trouble conceiving a child mm-hmm. and doctors that said, you know, kind of at the end of our ropes, this and that, and, and they're having great difficulty and just uh, sitting down with a couple and praying with them and for them. And an inordinate amount of these couples ended up having children, not everyone, but uh, in God's totally able to do that. I mean, one time he had this virgin conceived. Yeah. Can you believe child. it? Like totally. Well, it just, but it just blows me away because I've been able to, Again, I'm not really, it's got nothing to do with me, but to be part no, of it this, has nothing to do with you. this miracle except for and, and this step of faith with these people. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's fantastic, but I could not, I mean, I can't figure it out other than just going to the Lord in faith and just asking and just watching him do Which what he Which we does. do. I mean, every single week we get yeah. a stack of prayer requests here and some of them are for people for healing from illnesses or cancer and we're always praying. Yeah, it we're seemed praying and trusting so, God to heal. So much of Jesus's ministry, people were coming to him for healing. Yeah, and one of the greatest th- things he does is he heals us, right, of sin. It's before that's the, the big one. That's yeah. the big one. So cool. Well, I guess we've come to the end. Yeah, this is the end of our rainbow. What you know. What, what, of, what are we going to use our, our, co, co, our, our are we going to do like open the spout and let the glory pour out some come Lord Jesus come high, highly you know charismatic saying or something hmm. what do you think this week you know man I don't know the secret code word you're the one that comes up with these I, things you're going like, to have to work a little bit harder I, I like no 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 I, I like it if somebody would just come up and say open the spout and let the glory pour out that's you know a, I did I did receive a, a question from someone about my little graphic here with the the outtakes graphic, they want to know if the numbers on there mean anything. No. Okay. There's no hidden meaning to okay. the numbers. You know what freaked me out about your graphic? What? The thumb on that graphic on the screen yeah. looked infected. Yeah, I think the guy was sucking on his thumb or something. Uh, no, it looked like a wildebeest was chewing on that thing. It was like Rudolph the Kinda Red-Nosed like Reindeer. Look at that thing. Do you chew on, what did you do no, to your my thumb? my kid slammed my finger in the door and my nail like disintegrated. Wow. Yeah. That must have been painful. Yeah, she cried. She cried? She did. She hurt your thumb and she cried. She was so sad. Addison, oh, wow. She felt so bad for slamming my finger in the door. My my thumb was like stuck in the door, and I was like like casually reaching for the handle. Like, that's, that's kind of painful. And I opened it. And... All right. That just, I've just, that, that finishes it. When, when I don't want people to come up and say anything. What? I just want them to come by and give you a thumbs up. Thumbs up. There All right. Go. Thumbs up thumbs this up. weekend. So, awesome. Okay. Well, send in your questions. More next week. Peace out. Wow.